Hannah. And I'm Matt Hannah. And this is Horror Hour with the Hannahs. Where we talk about all your favorite TV shows. Specifically spooky TV shows made by Mike Flanagan. So today's episode is a special one. We are going to be rank ordering Mike Flanagan's five Netflix shows from least favorite to favorite. These shows include, in order of release, The Haunting of Hill House from 2018, The Haunting of Bly Manor from 2020, Midnight Mass from 2021, Midnight Club from 2022, and Fall of the House of Usher from this year, 2023. I am very, very, very excited for this episode because I love all of Mike Flanagan's shows. I have rewatched all but one. And I, yeah, so I'm just so excited. I've been wanting to do this episode for a while. Yeah, I enjoy most of his shows. Um, I've liked the movies that he's done that I've seen as well. I think he's pretty talented. Although I haven't seen Dr. Sleep and I feel like that is a blind spot for me. We definitely need to go through and watch his entire filmography because I've watched the shows multiple times, but we haven't seen all the movies. Yeah, I remember we definitely watched that other one with Carla. Gerald's Game. Yeah, Gerald's Game. Yeah, that, that was, was fucked good. up. Her yeah, and Bruce them. Greenwood and Henry Thomas. I've heard people say that's one of their um, favorite King stories, just because the ending, or well, the, the part where, spoilers, the guy in her home was actually there the whole time. Mm-hmm. That, and like, being pretty petrified by that, that did scare me. So. I would read it. And yeah, also, read Stephen it. King has like very much praised the adaptation as well. Yep. I think he doesn't that do that a lot. <laughs> Mike Flanagan does an amazing job with adaptations, whether it's a direct adaptation or he's really creating something new with it, which is what he does with a lot of the shows. Yeah, and I it brings me a lot of joy. So that's why we're covering him and his work. We before we get too deep into it, I'm just going to share what each of his five shows are based off of. The Haunting of Hill House is based off of Shirley Jackson's novel of the same name, although it takes a very different direction with the story, which is what was agreed upon when he was approached to cover the source material. Basically just the same names. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, Some of the, yeah, some of the characters have the same name, um, but he expands upon the world very significantly. Um, The next is Haunting of Blind Manor, which is based off the turn of the screw by Henry James, along with other work from Henry James. Midnight Mass was his own writing. It's something he'd started writing in 2010. Midnight Club is based off Christopher Pike's young adult novel of the same name and stories from 27 other Pike books. And of course, Fall of the House of Usher is based off Edgar Allan Poe's work and is named after, of course, Fall of the House of Usher. Yep. Which is one of his short stories, I believe. Yeah. So we're going to just jump straight into this. Yeah, today with... we're doing it a little different. We're going to just rank from, we're going to go least favorite to, to favorite. Um, and I feel almost kind of like horrible doing that because I love all of these shows. And this is not to say that there is any bad Mike Flanagan show. Oh, well, I don't love all of the shows. I'll start with my least favorite because there's one that I actually dislike. Which is The Fall of the House of Usher. So Matt's number five pick. Is that right there. Is Newsflash not my number five pick. And I will say this is the only one I watched that I actually really did not enjoy watching. And I'll just be like a a straight up hater with it. Like I wanted it to be over while watching it. I thought that was insane. I was like, 
begging Matt to watch the next episode. And I had no interest. He was being such a pissy little bitch. (laughs) Well, I was like, fine, I'll watch it without you because I. But I needed to see what happened. Enjoying this. Okay, I've thought about it a lot though, and I want to tell you why I dislike it. Fine. Okay. So, I think it felt more like the worse Saw movies where every episode was just like, well, how's this person going to die? And what elaborate story can we tell to try to have them die? And let's just kind of mangle actual good post stories into our narrative and kind of like make them not as good. Um, See, I, I will don't say, agree with that at all. I think they're pretty well, this is my take, faithful <laughs> adaptations of but post stories in some cases. I would have, I just don't like it being all tied together. I really just like didn't care uh, the main story I cared about was like what went on in the past with uh, Roderick and I already forget the sister's name. Madeline. Madeline. And I felt like that was just like what I stuck around for. I really just like did not care about how all the, the children died. And I think I would have cared a lot more had maybe it been like an anthology where every episode just covered a post story and was very similar. I think something about tying it all together really like annoyed me. I'll also say like, yeah, I think a, a Poe show would be some would be really cool like to do a like and most of these stories don't need to be a 60 minute episode most of them should probably be a 15 minute episode right like and it would have just worked better for me to just like kind of shorten it do like a little short horror where they're not tied together but yeah really just like didn't like it performances are still good um i just like wasn't didn't find myself like interested in what was happening really at all you're entitled to your own opinion but i'm gonna (laughs) tell you why you're wrong okay I will say that similar to Bly, this takes a frame story within the author's work, and then that is the overarching story, and that each episode within fits within that frame story. Literally the same as Bly. I think this works better because the style in which all of the stories are told within that frame story is consistent. Um, And I think that even if you don't feel an attachment to the characters in the same way that we do with every other Mike Flanagan show, how is that different than when you watch a slasher? I don't like slashers that much. You love (laughs) Halloween. Yeah, but like more you because love it's Nightmare classic. on Elm Street. But it's not about that I dislike the characters. It's that I didn't feel like what was happening serviced the larger story in any way. It was just like, it felt like it should have not been as long as it was. That's that's my opinion on it. I just don't, I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy I it. I had fun with every episode. I was excited for what would happen next. Yes, all of these people are active pieces of shit. But I don't care about the being active piece of I shit. I'm fine with that. Still found their stories interesting. No, I, see, I, I just, I mean, again, maybe had they all been like separate, it's like the way it was all tied to the family, just like really, I, I just didn't was not interested in those individual stories. Like I was interested in the fall of the House of Usher. I was not interested in these post stories kind of getting shoehorned in. And I just think, like you said, they probably would have been better had they been shorter and had been, had been separate. At least in my to opinion. me, they just didn't feel like shoehorned mm. in the way that they actually no, did. It, did. it felt like every episode. Okay. Like, well, I'm going to say, I, I already know going into this, what your second 
favorite show is, and in that show, I feel that the stories okay. are shoehorned. That's fine. You seem angry I know, about my I opinion. I am you're not supposed because to get mad at me. I think you're. Well, no, but I, I I watched and I did not like watching it. Like I'm I didn't say want to finish it. It's not my favorite, but it's not my least favorite. So I'm gonna go with my least favorite now. Wait, can I say one more thing? Sure. The Treehouse of Horrors uh, take on the Raven is better than what we get here. And the Raven rocks. It's a super good poem, and like reading it is still awesome. And I wish like we actually got a better version of that, other than like one minute scene we got in this. But go watch The Simpsons, Trails of Horrors. Uh, oh, you were mad episode. that the rest of the stories took too long, but then you're, you're also Well, that one should have been, yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I said 15 minutes. The Raven should probably be like a 10-minute episode. That's how, like, that's how you could do it. Five to 10 minutes. One minute, though, and it, they don't even, it doesn't even work. Just like him swinging around. It's more, more felt like an Easter egg. It felt like some bullshit Marvel Easter egg. Like, oh, look what we did here. That's how the whole... Don't you that's dare how a lot of the use show felt the word bullshit while talking about Mike Flanagan's... I'm sorry. I thought it was a bad... I thought it was... I thought it was not... I thought it was his weakest by far. So, okay. all right, fine. Tell me your least favorite. The Midnight Club. And I will say a big issue with this is just that the show is unfinished. Like I said, I don't think Boo. any of his five shows are bad because... They're not, not in my opinion. I had fun with all of them. I just think that there's a lot of loose threads that don't get wrapped up. And that isn't anyone's fault besides Netflix's for not greenlighting a season two when it was actively like planned and thought out. I want to say the Midnight Club does something similar to the Fall of the House of Usher, but it works for me because the stories they're telling are thematic to how they're feeling in real life. Right, like these characters who are all dying children, the the stories they tell uh, like portray their lives, and they're kind of telling little hints of themselves. So the stories work. I like the characters a lot more, and the show just makes me feel things like well, a lot. Like I'm pretty sure the Midnight Club made me cry. I think the individual spooky stories didn't intrigue me nearly as much. Yeah, I so don't you, remember them. So I why are you complaining one. about how I feel about the Fall of House Usher? If that's the, your complaint about this one, that's. But, like, I'm not shit-talking the show as well, oh, that's fine. which is what you were doing. Oh, well, yeah. So, I, I, I will shit-talk it. I'm sorry. I am kind of feeling pissy. Um, yeah, I just, like, don't remember the individual spooky stories that much. I understand that they're very much tied into the character psyche, but it felt shoehorned in at times to me. I also think the show is much more YA, which is the point. It is more of a young adult show, but as an adult adult... I didn't need that necessarily. I also do agree that the characters did really make me feel things. I think Ruth Cod, I believe is her name, who played Anya. That's her name, right? Yes. Yeah, she's fantastic. Uh, she was a standout performance for me. I really enjoyed her. I thought she was really charismatic, even though her character was a huge b-hole. Um but a b-hole because she's ill and has gone through trauma um yeah so it did make me feel things i did like it i just there were certain things about it that just like weren't for me in the way that the other shows were that's it i can jump in and say it was my number four but i do still like this show Um, what makes you put it at number four versus higher i think same reasons you're saying Mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely just like not as interesting it's unfinished which is tough um, and it's just not as good. I don't know. The performances are as good. Anya's standout and is really good. Um, 
I think it's not that it's not a good show. It's just that the next three, I think, are really good. So I don't have too much to say. Okay. Um, I'm going to go into my number four, which I think my number three and my number four are essentially tied. I'm just going to say it in the order that I think will piss you off the most. So at number four, I'm going to go with The Haunting of Blind Manor. Okay. I liked Bly when it came out, although not nearly as much as Hill House. I think it's trying to elicit similar feelings to me, and it just wasn't as successful to me. And re-watching it, some of the gripes I had was like, I just didn't buy the relationship with Rebecca and Peter, so I just like don't buy her wanting to leave with him so bad and like her ending just doesn't didn't sit right with me i think the relationship between hannah and owen feels underdeveloped to me um although i guess maybe the point is that they're like friends who have love for each other but i just never got past that but i think the fact that she's dead also is supposed to let have you feel longing or kind of like a missing piece there I know, but then at the end, like, he names his restaurant after her, and, like, there's a scene where they're, like, she's saying, like, she loves him, and I just feel like that felt missing to me. Like, they seemed like best friends, not, like, in love. I don't know. And I do think there's supposed to be some, like, love story there. I... Also felt like the individual character episodes felt really disjointed to me. I really like the Viola episode explaining like how she became like the Lady of the Lake. But it doesn't fit within the rest of the show to me. I also felt like Henry Thomas's character kind of just feels shoved in so he can have a part. Whoa, whoa, he's what's-her-name's dad. I know, oh, but his, his particular, like, episode that kind of focuses on him and his story feels kind of... Gotcha. Like, it doesn't okay. need to be there. Has, do you still like the show or no? I do. Oh, okay. What do Otherwise, you like about it? Even though you have it before. I wasn't done with oh, okay, a, another complaint I had, which makes me sound like I don't like it. But um, I would say my other, like, major complaint was Victoria Pedretti's accent at times. Boo. No, it's great. <laughs> It's but so I good. also don't know what like a normal. She's got that perfect accent is, like but... Wisconsin accent. And that's not to say that I don't love her because I think she might have my favorite performance in any Mike Flanagan show. Well, as Nell. We also went to school right by within a mile of her during the same time, so it's yes. very possible we would have been, like, in been a at house the party same party together. with her. Yeah, very very possible. Yeah, I'm obsessed with her. She's living the life I wish I could have. Um, <laughs> she's extremely talented, and I love her. I just for some reason the access, accent didn't hit, but I do love the gothic romance. I do think that this show is scary. It's successful in that. I think the child performances are amazing. They really carry the show, which is really impressive for two children's. This one's also a little more faithful, I believe, to the adaptation. It's not, like, perfect. You haven't read it, and neither have I. So I've read the Wikipedia can't. plot description. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, I also, I love the romance between Danny and Jamie, and I am glad to see that kind of representation. You're all these names out, and I feel like anybody who hasn't watched it recently is going to be like, what the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> 
Okay, well, that is the gay romance. Oh, true. I love that, too. That's, like, the best part of the story. That's why yeah. I actually really like Bly Manor, is I think that it ends up telling, like, a really, like, Beautiful wonderful love, love story. story. Yeah. Yes. And it's supposed to, but also it's one of the scariest. And I'll get to that when I, when I get to my ranking, but. I don't remember if I cried the first time. Um, but this time I did not cry at the last episode, but I wanted to. Um, so, yeah. Loved. Love, but number four. Love, but number four. <laughs> All right, my number three, then, if we get to me. I think we're going to weave it to me. Let's oh, we keep it to you? It. Okay, that's fine. My number three is your number five. It is Fall of the House of Usher. I'm just surprised that you have it ranked so high, but okay. Is it recent? You watched people, all of them recently, so. I rewatched all of them after I watched Usher. Okay. Besides Midnight Club. And I felt like I enjoyed Haunting a Bly and House of Usher about the same when I rewatched them. Although they are. Oh, you were defending different. House of Usher a lot, so you do like Bly then. <laughs> no, I do. I said they were tied. Okay. <laughs> um, I told you they were tied. I was just defending it because you were being a dick. Um, Fall of the House did, of Usher does like also have, like, the gothic vibes to me. The uh, music of episode one I thought was so fun. I really liked how it just kind of showed people's obsession with their own mortality as well as their obsession with money, their greed. And I liked the showing of the opioid epidemic. Um, as someone who works in recovery and mental health. They should have called someone that. out for real. That would have been awesome. Instead of having they, it be some fake company. But, like, they were. Like, it's based off a real family who yeah. is debatably worse than anything no, that I, happened yes, in he, this story. I, d I did like that commentary. I thought the shot um, with the bodies raining was a little corny, but I loved it. I also was... Wait, I, you thought that was corny? I feel like that was, like... One of my favorite moments. I thought it was a little corny, but I oh, loved okay. it. It was one of my favorite move moments also, but I have seen people It was people like the finally it. I felt something after feeling like I had been flatlined for six episodes. I also am familiar with some Poe stories, so I found that exciting. And I did like how they told them, especially the Telltale Heart being the story I was most familiar with. I thought that the way they did it was really, really fun. I loved the performance of Bruce Greenwood as Roger Usher. I thought he was amazing. Like, I could listen to that man he was very with good. the lemon monologue all fucking day. He looks great with a mustache. He should uh, rock that he more. He looked amazing. Because he does he not look amazing. that good in Gerald's game as Gerald. Is that his character's name? I don't know. Yeah. I really <laughs> I really liked him. And I also really liked Carlo Carla Gigino. I thought she was killing the damn game. I feel like Carla Gugino, is that, I don't know if I'm saying it right, was not in anything except the Spy Kids movies. And then all of a sudden she was in all these Flanagan shows. And I was like, oh, damn. So and, and movies. Talented. And I was like, oh, you're really talented. Yeah. Why were you only in the Spy Kids movies as the mom? She was well, great in those, too. too. <laughs> yeah. Um, the two things that I would say I have criticisms of the most would be it doesn't have the same heart as the other shows, but... It's not trying to, I, but I thought it was fun regardless. It was giving slasher to me. I also thought the characterization of Roderick was a little confusing to me, and maybe it's just the casting of Zach Guilford because he just, like, I want to hug him. 
Um, he seems really kind to me. I think it's so. also supposed to be. Because you're supposed yeah. to think he's going to do the right thing. His younger version supposed to do the right thing. And then he turns on his buddy. It just feels kind of like... Maybe. I don't know. I just don't see how that people person do whatever, ended up being People do whatever they can to be rich, man. Money does crazy things. Also, his sister was manipulating him the whole time. So I know, but clearly he's the worst. Like, he's worse sure. of the two because when that deal is offered to them, he's the one who takes it. It's not money, her. Money. I think that's the point is it's like you're not supposed to realize that that could be him until it's thrown in front of him. And it's like easy to just when you have that money and fortune thrown at you to change immediately. I think that's that's how I read it, at least. I don't know. It just felt that just felt a little off to me, but I feel weird complaining about these shows this much because it's like there's clearly like reason he went for everything, right? Or not? Or maybe it is valid complaint. I think Mike Flanagan. I've listened to a couple interviews with him. I listened to an entire podcast interview with him talking about Midnight Mass because Newsflash, I ranked it one or two. Like I love Midnight Mass so much. Um, and it's very clear to me how deliberate he is with all of his choices. And the only things that aren't deliberate are the things that Netflix makes him shoehorn in. <laughs> so I think it's fair to talk about nitty gritty things because gotcha. he's a nitty gritty okay. guy. What's your number three? Uh, I'm I about to freak the fuck out. Well, I definitely debated it. Um, but I think when it comes down to it, I need to give, and I would say all of these I really like, um, mm. but I'm going to give Midnight Mass my number three, which I very much like Midnight mm. Mass a lot. <laughs> but I, in comparison to the other ones, here's what it, it's missing that brings it down. It's not scary. It's not scary at all. And I feel like these are horror TV shows. Like I need to have a little bit of scariness. You know, I like the story. I like... I like the whole uh, angels actually being vampires. I like the religious aspect. Although he loves Christianity way too much. No, he, and what's interesting every is he show. is an atheist. Well, he loves Christian themes because that man has Christianity in every all five uh, uh, shows. I think you should listen to the interview I listened to. And I know, obviously, like what's important here is what's on the screen. Like, that is the text. Okay. But... I would say from watching the show, I can tell that he does is it not atheist? align with I, no, the religious again, I, characters. I am also not a religious person. However, I always, I actually do typically enjoy religious themes in movies a lot, mm-hmm. um, especially like the way Scorsese does it. Um, it's been his like te- battles with Catholicism mm-hmm. or internal battles. Uh, but that's another story. Um, I think but yeah, it's this, very this interesting that. that you think that this is like. Pro Christian. I didn't say pro. No, 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 no. Oh, pro okay. is not what I said. It's that they all have like a lot of themes. Like the Fall of House of Usher also is very much like devil versus like good versus evil. Like the devil is there, right? Like Verna, and that is supposed to be the devil, and that, that's what I'm talking about. I wouldn't about themes. say that either. That's not my uh, read on it. I read. I read it a little bit that way. Maybe death. Death. Fine. She's not evil. That's a good point. Sorry, you're right. Death, but I even like the angel of death is still in my mind like Christian themes. Like that's a very I yeah. I don't agree with that. But okay. That's okay. Well, fine. You're right. It's not the devil. I forgot it was death. Um. Anyway. And they don't even label her as that. Like, but she, she is. Isn't necessarily. She's the angel of death. Anyway. Um, yeah, I think that the story is really cool, but it's not scary. And um, that man loves a monologue and he writes them well. But upon the most recent watch, when I was watching with you, I was like, 
Oh my God. Like he loves the way he loves his own writing. <laughs> and it's good. The thing is he, he's allowed to love his own writing, but then sometimes I'm just like eye rolling and enjoying at the same time, if that makes sense. Mm. Like I want to roll my eyes, but then it's like, damn, well, he's kind of spitting right now. So what am I going to do? He's kind of spitting. There's something else I want to say about Midnight Mass. It is good. Um, I will say another complaint that I felt the first time I watched it compared to both Bly and Hill House was I felt the pacing to be a little weird where the other four shows and I'll give credit to all the other four shows kind of felt like each episode could at least stand alone a little bit where in this one it's doing the thing that a lot of uh, modern TV is doing that really bothers me, especially the Netflix era of TV, which is that like they feel more like 10 hour movies than they do TV shows. And I think sometimes Midnight Mass starts to feel more like the 10-hour the movie. And I don't like that. And that's that's what Stranger Things has gotten to, and I, it's fucking awful. Like, it's like, just make a two-hour movie. Like, you don't need 10 hours for this. Like, if you're not going to have me give me a beginning, middle, and end, or a hook beginning, middle, and end to every episode, like, it doesn't need to be a TV show, in my opinion. And I think Dark, which is one of my favorite TV shows, does a really good job of that. I think Attack on Titan does a really good job of that which is a good TV show. And like, I just watched the Sopranos and I forgot that TV could just be like that. Sorry. That's, that's my rant that, that it could just be an episode just happens and doesn't have to play into anything else. And obviously Flanagan shows all play into each other, but each episode kind of stands alone for his other shows. Midnight Mass still very good though. And will make you feel things, but it will not make you scared. And that's my, why it's number three for me. What does it do right? That makes it three instead of four or five. Oh, what's it do right? It makes me feel things. That's the main thing. I really enjoyed the story. Um, gotta love the performance from, I don't know his name, but the um, main priest, the main character. Hamish Link. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Good, good work Shit. there. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not a reoccurring actor, what? so I didn't. Hamish Linklater. Yeah, I was very close. He's phenomenal. Um, the Beth Keen is just one of the most despicable characters it's to put Samantha to screen. slow in. And the fact that there was recently like a big article with like most hated characters and Skylar White was three, which is absurd. Like, why is mm-hmm. this woman hated so much? Like, it's just because she's a woman. But Beth Keen wasn't on there. I feel like Beth Keen could be number one. She's worse than Joffrey Baratheon. Like, Ooh. yeah. No, I mean, he's a rapist, so maybe not. Yeah. But um, <laughs> no, she's at least she's number three. At least number three. <laughs> um, yeah, and it, it is like a very fun story. I, I enjoy it a lot. It looks great. This island's pretty cool. Um, and like I said, I enjoy it. I just, I just, vampires are, vampires rock. <laughs> like, that's why. It's hard for me to talk about what I like about this. There's too much content. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm trying to hit the, the main points. But okay. Is that reasonable to put at number three, given that? No. Okay. Go ahead. Do your next one. I want to take a quick pause and answer a listener-submitted question. Okay. We have listeners. Before we get to our, like, you know, wrap-up two-in-one. Okay. Our listener-submitted question was, what are your favorite performances from repeat cast members? So I have my number one right away. What's your number one? It's Raul. No, I, specific performance. Oh, oh, I misunderstood the question. I thought it was, like, who of the repeat is the best? Okay, um... Okay, oh. so I'm gonna go one at a time. Okay, go ahead. Henry Thomas. In in Hill House? Or what are you saying? Are you... I don't understand this question. What is your favorite performance from each of the repeat cast members? Okay. So Henry Thomas has been in 
all of the shows? Yes. So what You're is your favorite me. performance of I, his? I did not understand this question. Okay, I got it now. Um, Bro, Seth. His, his uh, Hill House. This is my favorite performance from him. Easy. I love him in Hill House. I did really like him in Usher. I thought he was fucking hilarious and unhinged, and he I didn't really, expect that from him. He was very uncomfortable in that. I feel like it was good casting. I did not expect that from him, and so I loved it, but we'd probably go Hill House. Okay. Um, he has the most appearances besides Flanagan's wife at eight. In total, Whoa. Mike Flanagan projects. Flanagan's wife, come on, put some respect on her name. I will. She's okay. going last because she's so special. Okay, fine. Samantha Sloan. This is an Beth easy Keen. one. Yes, yeah, Beth come on. Keen. She's fucking evil. That is it's one of the most hateable evil. characters. I like, don't think I'll ever be able to look at her as an actress the same in anything else. I know. Rewatching Hill House and seeing her as like a person that I don't want to punch in the face was wild. Yeah. Um, okay, next up, Carla Gigino. Um, probably also Hill House, but I was kind of thinking maybe Bly as well as the narrator. That's an insane take. Oh, okay. The... Why am I not allowed to? Wait, what am I missing? Verna. No. I don't like that show, so Bly Manor. Or not that Bly, doesn't mean me. that her performance in that isn't the no, best. No, I don't think it's as good as what she gives in Hill House. I love her in Hill House. I think she's amazing. I also do really like her in Faulty House of Usher. I actually don't like her performance in Bly. I think her accent is trying to match Jamie's and it's it bothers you. Not okay. I just think she's a fun narrator. My favorite. And I think that it as someone who's extremely talented, like they're not utilizing that. But I mean someone had to do it. It's fine. Gotcha. Okay, go to the next person. Raul. Okay, so my favorite role performances are either Midnight Mass or Bly Manor, and he's the cook in Bly Manor. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't something about his very warm presence in Bly Manor, but I think I have to pick his performance in Midnight Mass as the sheriff. Um, I think it's just like a very moving and meaningful performance. I really, really like that character and that character's story a lot. It's like pretty devastating, and uh, it's another one I keep saying makes you feel things. And I think like him and his sons battle over religion and the way that he's like treated by everybody. It's very much supposed to be like a post nine 11 treatment of Muslim people like showcased. Um, and I think to like show that for the, the like the evil it was, especially post nine 11 and the evil that it, it still is with like people feeling very anti-Muslim is really uh, important and real. And I'm glad that it was showcased. I agree a thousand percent. I have nothing to add to that. I think that was he, well put. He's also just I a love him. great performance. He plays a great dad in that. He's such a, yeah, he's just such a good character. I, and yeah, he's good. I recommend following him on Instagram. His stories will crack you up. He is the funniest motherfucker. I love him so much. He almost feels in some way the audience's like vehicle character in Midnight Mass a little bit. Because like we're not part of this crazy like religion they have going on there. Right, yeah, and he's, he's like the, the outsider, outside how we are. and he's and, new and to I think town. that's also smart to then put a lot of people in the shoes of somebody who is is an outsider and is an outsider in like a lot of uh, like Western culture. I right? would say that Zach Gilford's character of Riley kind of feels the same way until he gets him dead. Yeah, rest in peace. Yes, um, I agree. What's Zach, your favorite Zach Gilford, and is it Riley? He's only a two, right? No, he's in three. Uh, what's the... I'm thinking Riley, Roderick, 
Oh, that's really good. Is it a hot take to say I really like Mid? He, he's so like he's not in Midnight Club that much. But I don't even remember man, who he's he was in Midnight Club. He's I'm one of the. Be... He's like one of the. I don't. It's. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. What's I, oh, I never say. I can never say the word right. Ordery or, or orderlies. Orderlies. He's one of the orderlies. Matt used to say ordinary a yeah, lot. Yeah, he he's one of the ordinaries. Um, yeah, he. Uh, those other two performances are like much more bombastic, but I feel like him in Midnight Club kind of packs a punch. He's not in it that much, so I might pick that. I adore him in Midnight Mass. I think he is a really great vehicle for like telling the story. I think that his performance is pretty subdued, which I think works really well for the character that he is playing and the trauma that he has experienced. I I think that that is a standout performance for me for sure. He's no, he's good. He's good in all of them. Next up, we're going to do a character who has Kind of smaller, like more bit parts in some of the shows, but Robert Longstreet. You should tell everyone who that is so that, because that's a name that yeah. I feel like isn't big. He plays Mr. Dudley in Hill House. He is the janitor in Midnight Club, in Midnight uh, Mass. He is Joe Cawley in, um, I don't know. If he's in Bly, I can't remember who he is. All right, well, I get my answer. He His best performance is as the groundskeeper or whatever. He's not really the groundskeeper. He's the groundskeeper. Or he is. He is Mr. In, Dudley in, 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 in Hill House. House. Yeah. Phenomenal. His Another very warm character. Yes. They, Flanagan writes these, like, these male characters as very, like, nice, like, warm people for the most part. Well, not all of them, but a lot of them. I know people like to bitch about Midnight Mass having all of these monologues, but he has, like, a six-minute... Do people minute bitch about that? In Midnight Mass? Yeah, yeah. people fucking hate the monologues. That's, <laughs> That's what I complained about. Yeah, I like them. Yeah, you were not original, but... I didn't know um, that. <laughs> yeah, people do. And he, in Hill House, he has, like, a six-minute monologue about his uh, wife and her, like... St- the, her first pregnancy, having a stillborn, and how they like why they stay away from the house. That's like a great way to set up that the house is fucking evil, just with this man's monologue. And like this man seems hard, right? He's like a hardened dude, and then for him to give that, like, give it gives the house even more uh, street cred. Street you know? cred. Well, it is a beautifully delivered monologue. I. Love it. I think it is one of the most moving chunks of television that I have watched. So I'm going to also agree with your answer there. And last, we're going to do Kate C- Siegel, which is which is Mike Flanagan's, Flanagan's wife, who wife, I said put some respect on her talented. name. Um, Hell House. No elaboration. No, nope. I think her uh, performance is the with her special powers, being able to like touch people and feel things is good. I think she just gives it her all in that. I really like her character in that. I don't know what else to say about it. I'm going to go Midnight Mass. I think her delivery of some painful monologues, and by painful I mean it would be hard to memorize and deliver beautifully, are stunning. Like, when she is stabbing the angel's wings and it's going back to her, like her monologue about like what happens when you die made me feel so many things. <laughs> I think she does. As I said, Flanagan, all the shows will make you feel things. And That's the best way I can put it. Character is really like the heart of the show. She is kind of more moderate in terms of like her stances on religion. And I like, I think 
that is where the heart is. And I think she is brilliant. Love her. Yeah, she's very good. She's good in all of them. And it's not nepotism that he puts her in everything. I mean, maybe it is, but like she deserves he's to be in everything. He's been in one of his movies too. She's been in eight of his projects, so she's been in multiple awesome. of his movies. They wrote Hush together, and she's like the main character. Mm-hmm. Okay, so back to our ranking. We is are now turn? going to do number two. You last said Midnight Mass is your yep. number three. I'm going to say Midnight Mass is my number two. I adore Midnight Mass so much. When I rewatched it recently, I sobbed for like 20 plus minutes. <laughs> I posted a picture, I think, on our Twitter, which no one uses, but um, like to embarrass myself because I'm just like beat red, clearly crying. This show speaks to me so much. I think as someone who grew up Catholic and watched the church justify terrible behavior in the name of the Bible... It really spoke to me. I think it does a really good job showing the weaponization of any faith system, not necessarily Christianity, um, but also showing that simultaneously faith can be a helpful tool for others, mm-hmm. I think is beautiful. Um, I also, should say he has very uh, agnostic themes in his, mo- in his shows. Well, so what I think is really interesting is listening to the interview, and he said he is Riley. Okay. I believe that. Um, so Mike Flanagan also struggled with like alcoholism and when he started writing Midnight Mass he was actually not like in recovery. Oh. I mean like, he was still mm-hmm. using and so he was writing this character who had a DUI and I th- he, in the interview he said that like um Kate's character was supposed to die in that like episode 5 I believe it was where Riley dies on the boat. It was supposed to be her that died, and he was supposed to live on, and it was kind of, I think, like, coming to terms with himself within his recovery, that he was able to kind of let that go and realize that, like, yes, he's not religious, but, like, and he doesn't need to be 100% Riley, and he's able to, like, let that go, and he doesn't need him to be, like, the hero of the show in the way that he previously felt like he kind of had to be. It's well written. I think it's cool that he wrote that this one uh, fully himself without like adapting from anything. And I'm glad he got to make it. I think it's beautiful and it's genius. It, I, I really like it. Putting it at number three is, does not mean anything. It's still one of Netflix, like top five shows. Probably that just means Flanagan's got three shows in the top five <laughs> for me. Not much competition on Netflix. This Netflix's top three shows. Whoa. I have to think about that. I love it. Where do you play sex education? Maybe four or five. Um, I also love how we can kind of see Bev in real life very often, especially in like global politics. I just think that the things that they're capturing in this are very real. Similarly, I like the way it captures. We all know Beth Keen in real life. Yeah, we've all seen them on the news plenty of times. We've seen them in Neighbors. Yeah, that's true. Maybe not Neighbors. Everyone has a neighbor like that. They're like a... Mm-hmm. family member like that. I had a deacon in my church who was a Bev Keen told me I was going to hell. There you go. Because I stand uh, by gay marriage. So, uh, cool. I also like the way it captures recovery. I like the conversations that Riley has about like AA versus RR. 
um, and like other types of recovery programs and how his like spirituality or lack thereof is related to his feelings on AA because having worked in drug and alcohol, I have been to a lot of recovery meetings and I've kind of noticed that myself that like if I needed to utilize that program, AA would not be my choice either because I just, I don't buy, like with my own beliefs system, I think the reliance on a higher power would be difficult. So I really feel for Riley in that. Um, yeah, so I just think this one hits home with a lot of like personal experiences that I've had or like the work that I've done, my education in mental health. So I just feel like it fits my interests very well. I also think the cinematography is amazing and the sets are beautiful. I think it really captures the small town like beach town vibes. I love the way it's shot specifically. Um, one scene that I think of is when they're like on the beach with all of the dead cats and it, like the way it pans from different characters and like looks like long sh long takes. I just think it's a masterclass in filmmaking, but I will agree the scares are more from how like horrifying it is that this is real life, not necessarily from like horror tropes. Yep. And coming from Hill House of Bly Manor, I think is a letdown in that aspect because it's the third. But I think it's a really well-written show and I like that he made it. But also, man, if you're going to make two shows back to back, they can't both start with the word Midnight because Midnight Mass is a name that goes really hard. So maybe just shouldn't, don't adapt the Midnight Club, right? Matthew. Midnight Mass, you got to keep that name. That's that's for sure. Midnight Mass is brilliant. That's the best name of the five. Also, like you said, Father Paul Hamish. Yes. Amazing. Like every time he's on screen, every time he speaks, like I get chills. The whole last episode, I cry the sound design in the last episode with the like hymnal it's good oh you're going on too long we gotta go to the next i know one. i'm sorry i just think it's a work of art okay matt your number two right, my number two is blind manor the Why? haunting of blind manor uh because it's scary <laughs> that's part of it yeah i think it could be the scariest of all of them and mostly just the no face lady is i think his like best ghost um, and I just find her pretty like terrifying. I really like that story. Uh, I think that the children performances are really good. We talked about that mm -hmm. as well. And I think I like this little bait and switch of, Hey, we just gave you Hill house, which was, you know, this family story along with a haunted house. And this is like, Hey, here's this haunted house story. And now we're going to turn it into just this like full on like romance love story that fits within this universe and I really enjoyed it. And it, it still remained one of the scariest of the, all five, if not the scariest of the five, while being able to bring in this extra story. And I liked it. And I think it was really good. I like how the episodes in some ways were able to stand alone again and all tell their own little fun story. I really liked the story we learned about the No-Face Lady. No, I do too. I, I, I was fine like with taking that break. Feels a little... Sometimes you gotta have those in. breaks. You gotta just get away. I don't know. It, it just really works for me. Um, like I said, I think the the main thing I take from it though is like of them, I'm scared, and I like that. It like actually maybe I'm not. Well, no, the, the, I had nightmares a little bit about the the no face lady, whatever we call her, blank face. I know. I remember the first time. It's the Lady of the Lake. But lady of the, the lake. first time watching this show, I do feel like I was the most scared. 
when I rewatched them, I didn't think it was the most scary, but I think it's because, like, I didn't find her face that scary anymore. <laughs> she scared for some the shit reason. out of me. And, yeah, I like it. Also, like, the children knowing something's going on while our main it's character really doesn't is, yeah, and even more scary because the children are creepy running around. It's also because they're getting possessed, but, like, them trying to protect her and the way they shoot, like, the danger in the background, like, out of focus with her in other places is just, like, really good. And like I said, it, it doesn't overstay its welcome. The scares are there. And then once they're at their like breaking point, we kind of transfer into like this love story and the story of love and friendship. And it's great. I'm a big fan. That's all. I don't want to say too much. It has all the other things you love about Flanagan. Mm-hmm. So first for both of us then is The Haunting of Hill House. Which is an easy number one. If you thought it was going to be anything else, like, are you kidding? You know? I was feeling kind of testy. Like, I thought about fucking around and finding out by not putting it number one. But I thought you beat me up. No, I'm fine. With I'm, words. You can, you can put Midnight Mass as number one. No, I don't actually think that. Um, I love them both a lot, but Hill House does edge out for me. But Hill I House understand also, flipping them. Hill House also tells a story about each character, but I think it all builds on the past. It kind of reminds me of It in some ways, like... Going back and forth between the present and the past. I think it's really, really well connected. Yep. Like the bent neck lady from childhood versus like how that came to be in our present. And I think Luke's like tall hat man being connected to both the past and the I'm present scared for thinking him. about the hat man. That shit is fucking scary. Took a bunch of Benadryl and I met him. <laughs> um, also, welcome home now being connected with the past and the present. Oh, it gets me so good. It's just a really, really well-crafted show that is like, hey, we're going to tell this haunted house story, but it's really just going to be fully about family. I think And, like, their relationships and, like, the meaning of family. So much freaking heart in this show. Yeah, it's crazy. Even not amongst the family. Like, Arthur and Nell, Nell have a love story that they really only get, like, ten minutes of That's screen great. time where they're alive and in love. It literally takes you 10 minutes to give a shit. Yep. That's it. And then you're sad I, and like cry for them. I don't know if we should like, we might have to just, this will be the one we cover when we eventually do one of the shows because I don't know if I can say everything I want to say about it right now without this episode going another hour. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's so much I you really can say. Could. It's really good. Performances uh, from top to bottom are incredible. These children are kicking ass once again. Flanagan knows how to cast kids. The adult, entire adult cast is amazing. Like I would say if I were ranking across Flanagan shows, my favorite performances, at least two or three are coming from this show. Yep. And every show has amazing casting and performances. And then he also still had time to hide all these stupid ghosts everywhere in every, the background of every single shot. Yeah. And and give us one of the best jump scares that I think there's ever been, being the one where in the car in the car with kind of scary version of mom popping up. No, um, that's not scary version of mom. That's the bent neck lady. That's Nell. No, is in it the Nell? Car? Yes, it was, it was Victoria Nell. Pedretti. Oh my bad. I think the scares in Hill House definitely get me the worst. Even still, I think Luke's tall hat man is. Horrifying to bent like lady. What about the it's zombie horrifying. in the basement? Whatever that thing was. That when shit you get... does get you. It's really scary. There is an episode where, like, Dad Henry Thomas is following Mom Liv, is her character's name, like around the house, and she just kind of like keeps disappearing around like every corner. 
and it keeps happening and fuck was that tense as shit like there there's so much tension and i want to single out like a specific episode as one of the best episodes of television of all time is the two storms episode that is nell's funeral and it flashes back between like that and uh, the storm I'm referring and it's flash- to. And when you say flashback, you mean it actually is a long take where they built two sets next to each other. Incredible. And so like, it's not actually flashing. It is flashing back, but without a cut. But he literally walks through yeah. into it's, the past. It's pretty insane. And I'm glad that Netflix gave Flanagan the money to kind of just do this bullshit because he had to do some really cool stuff that like really made this show incredible. And that specifically. I watched a video like when Hill House came out because I was obsessed. Um, I watched a video of Mike Flanagan talking about the filming of that episode. And it was, it's stunning just to see like all of the work that goes into it and the genius that it takes to kind of like end up with that end product. So highly recommend, you know, finding that clip. I also. Hill House is Netflix's second best show, so. With Dark being number one. I can tie them, honestly, for me. Like, I no, love both. Sorry. Can we watch Dark for this podcast? It's horror, kind of. Yeah, we're going to watch 30 episodes for It's so one, good. Everyone, please go watch Dark. It's in German. Watch it in German. It is incredible. It's Netflix's best show. Easily. By far. Sorry, Hill House. I love... I think what makes me struggle and, like, want to tie them... Is just that I think at the core, the theming of Hill House resonates with me so much. It makes me feel a lot more. I think like the struggles addressing mental health and substance use amongst a family. Again, I work in mental health. I struggle with my own mental health. I've had family and friends who struggle with their mental health and recovery. So I just think it's really meaningful for me. And I really relate to the character of Steve and like how he feels about like his fears with having children with the mental health and his family. And I don't know, it just really speaks to me. I think it has so, so much heart. I think it's beautiful. It's very good. And it looks amazing. Yeah, it was kind of like um, shocking when it came out to be like, oh, I didn't know Netflix... Was allowed this? to make was allowed to make shows like yeah. this, you know, because there's so much there's so much Netflix shit that's garbage. There's so much that's great, but there, yeah, there's. I don't know more if it's there's garbage. so much that's great. There's just a couple things that are really good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and here's what I'll say: Let's get rid of the binge model. The binge model sucks. This show would have done ten times the number it did if it was at a weekly release schedule, and it would have rocked. I'd have much preferred to watch this as a weekly release. Well, we didn't watch really more than like an episode. No, but day, you, you so. missed the whole zeitgeist of like Twitter freaking out about every episode. Twitter you know. did still freak no, out I'm about telling, every episode for their show. You're I'm not saying in general, binge model sucks. That's my my rant. This is what this whole episode's about. Is we got to get rid of the binge model. Okay, all right. This episode for me was just about a love letter to Mike Flanagan. I love him. We should do one of his movies then. And do Gerald's game. I'm obsessed with you. Come on the pod so I can just tell you how much I love you for an hour. Um, and don't take, uh, don't be too mad about what I said about the fall of House of Usher. <laughs> that's why I was I saying, don't care. I'm going to be a critic. I'm allowed to be a critic. A he, can, he can make stuff. He's the one out there making stuff. Why does he care what I say? I ain't making shit. I'm just complaining. Yeah, you whiny bitch. So are you. <laughs> I barely complained. I love everything. This is, like, the least I will ever complain. Um, yeah, that's kind of all I got, though. 
Hill House is great. If you're going to watch any of them, go watch that one. And even if you don't like scary stuff and you're listening to this, I would say it's probably worth watching. Like you can, it is scary, but like there's worse stuff out there. You can get through the scares to just get to the The heart. heart. Yeah. Or watch Midnight Mass because I I don't think Midnight Mass is scary at all. So especially if you like monologues and good writing. Beautiful writing. Anyway, thank you, Mike Flanagan, uh, for giving me so many hours of enjoyment. And I know... I know what I'm gonna get when I watch you, and I love you for that. And I we'll be watching forward. whatever you have on Amazon, right? That's where he's going. I believe so. He also has Life of Chuck just finished filming, which is gonna be gotcha. film um, based off a Stephen King short story. So I am really fucking excited for that, and you, I you know will be seated. I'm pretty sure Amazon doesn't do the binge model. I'm pretty sure they release weekly. We don't watch anything on there, so we're... Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. No, The Boys came out yep. sporadically. Yeah. Well, not sporadically, weekly, weekly. but... Weekly's way better. Oh, baby. I can't believe I'm saying that. For a while, it was like, binge is the way to go. Nope. Weekly all the way. All right. Well, that is all we have this week. Thanks for tuning in to kind of a unique episode for us. We hope you liked it. If you're interested in more ranking episodes, definitely let us know and definitely message us and tell us why we are right or wrong. And by we, I mean, Matt is clearly wrong. Okay. I don't know. I think a lot of people rank them in order in which they came out. I don't think I'm the only one. I found a lot of rankings that agree with me. I don't know. Sounds good. Bye. Wait, I'm Matt, Hannah. I'm Hannah. And this is Horror Hour with the Hannahs. All right, now bye. Thank you for tuning into Horror Hour with the Hannahs. Make sure to listen to future episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube, and follow for additional content on TikTok or Instagram at Horror Hour with the Hannahs. If you like the podcast, please leave a positive review on your favorite podcasting app. Happy hauntings! Happy hauntings!